Blog Talk Radio. Hey, this is Dan Marino. Hi, Ryan Tannehill from the Dolphins here. Hi, this is Larry Zonka. This is Mark Super Duper. I'm John Offerdahl. This is Paul Warfield. Hi, this is Nick Bonacani. This is Jake Scott. Gary Premian. Dick Anderson. Larry Little. Tom Bigarito. Don Nottingham. Otto Stowe. Mike Colon. And Doug Kruzan from the 1972 undefeated Miami Dolphins. This is Marlon the Magician Briscoe. I'm Jim Crash Jensen. This is Don Shula. And I listen to the Pat Catello Show. It's the Miami Dolphins Legend Show with Pat Catello. Join us now as we talk Dolphin football or call in live with your questions or comments. And now here's your host, Pat Catello. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Miami Dolphins Legend Show. I'm your host, Pat Catello. I'll be joined alongside Rich Van Zandt as we... Uh, Recap the Miami Dolphins' fourth uh, victory in a row as they go out to uh, San Diego and then beat the Chargers in what seemed like it was going to be a lackluster day, and the Miami Dolphins uh, put it all together again and solidified themselves as one of the hottest teams in professional football, beating the Chargers 31-24. to And uh, we will recap all that and, and talk about where the Dolphins stand right now. And uh, we'll take you right up to the Monday Night Football game tonight, which is the uh, hometown Giants for all the New Yorkers uh, taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. But there's some playoff ramifications there uh, with the Bengals coming to town and uh, Pittsburgh um, losing last week. So things are starting to shape up. But of a more important note, the Miami Dolphins are just playing really good football right now. And, uh, you know, that's a special thing, especially for what all the Dolphins fans have been through. Uh, over the last few. So without further ado, let me welcome my co-host uh, to the program. Uh, Rich, big victory to go out to uh, the West Coast to start this trip and beat the Chargers in what started off uh, as a game that the Dolphins looked like they were kind of missing on a few cylinders. Yeah, they looked like they were sleepwalking in the first half, really, if you think about it. You know, there was pretty bad play on both sides of the ball. You know, what they what's different about this team, I think, is – you know, the last two weeks, they made some crucial mistakes in crucial spots, and they overcame them. I mean, if you looked at the past few years, when they made those mistakes, you lost. Right? Yeah. Agreed. Yes, definitely. I think you hit upon something there for sure. They've been able to – they're still making some mistakes, but they're able oh, to – Oh, some really bad ones. I mean, the last two weeks, they made some critical ones, and, and they got away with it, you know? Two weeks in yeah. a row, really. And still able to – And still able know, to pull it out. That. Yeah, which which is key, and that's also you know. I mean, you, you can remember a punt return like that. You give the team you know a touchdown. You give them the ball on the five yard line, and they march in in the fourth quarter. We don't recover from that in the past. No, I, I think that you know those things like you're saying are things that in the past we haven't been able to you know to recover from, and, and they've been you know game changers, and you know basically this team now is able to uh, you know play about that, and I think they're starting to get a little bit of a swagger, some confidence to them, and rightfully so. I mean, they've now won four in a row. They're arguably they're probably the second hottest team in football right now. I mean, I put the Cowboys number one, um, and and I'd probably put you know, the Cowboys win nine in a row now. Uh, is it nine? I it was yeah, eight. I believe it's nine, nine in a row yeah. now. I mean, yeah. yeah, they're on fire. You know, there's no doubt about that. Um, so, you know, well, we're, we're the second best, you know, second hottest team in football. I don't think that's arguable right now. And, you know, the Dolphins started off on that first drive. It was a great drive. And then it just uh, stalled, and then they made a mistake, you know. And it was like it right. was going to be a day like that. 
and the defense didn't seem like they could stop anybody. That's the way that the original game started off. That's and, what it looked like. Yeah, we were, we were getting run all over. You know, he was really, you know, Gates was wide open all the time. You know, he had one big drop that, you know, that we got lucky with, I believe. Um, right. I think the major one of our major issues yesterday were way too many penalties we had yesterday. Yeah, I would agree with you, and um, I, and I also think the fact that the, you know they weren't able to run at all. No, the, the first half they couldn't run worth a lick. Nothing. And you know it's funny if you look at uh, the the way that it ended up. Um, a giant wound up having seventy nine yards, and that may not seem like a lot. And people might be like, "So," but if you watch that game, I mean, he was practically negative in the first. Oh, half. Oh, I know. He basically had two long runs in the second half that got him up to that number. You know, but he, he played very well. And those two long runs are indicative yeah. of what he's been doing and also of what good running backs do. And that's the thing I like the most is that we're running the ball in the fourth quarter. And the fourth yep. quarter is basically, you know, where good teams do their damage on the on the running game. And, uh, and they've been doing that now for four weeks. So it's not, it, 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 you know, it's for real. There's no way you can say it's not. J.H.I. is for real. Oh, absolutely. Did you hear about Brandon Albert? Did you hear his, his injury status? I heard that he – well, this is what I heard. I heard that he dislocated his wrist and then he put it back in he himself. He put it back in himself and played the rest of the game. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Imagine that, that, yeah. that. Yeah, I mean – That's got to be the size of a freaking basketball right now. Yeah, that had to swell up like you yeah. believe, right? Um, and I guess that's one case where it's good that you didn't fly back because doesn't doesn't it get worse when you have to oh, fly? Oh, there's no question about it. Anytime you have any kind of injury and you fly, you, your feet swell, your arms swell when you go up there. Yeah, that, yeah that's a lot yeah. better off. So that helped him out a little bit there. Um, you know, it, 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 it's strange because, uh, you know, that offensive line is you know, staying healthy and it's, it's doing pretty well. And even though you weren't able to run the ball – the protection on Ryan Tannehill has been so much better. It's unarguable how much better he's He's still taking shots, though. This kid is – he might be the toughest quarterback I've seen in 10, 15 years. This kid's something else. I know. I mean, this kid's – He got getting, rocked twice yesterday. The one time he looked like he got bent in half. Yeah, I know. I know. And uh, and let's face it, this kid has played really well for four weeks now. This, yep. this, this kid can play quarterback in this league. He's one of the better quarterbacks in this league. I don't care what anybody says. If you go, oh, he really is. There's right? still, you know what we went through for you know for, since Marino retired. I mean, there, any Dolphin fan that's complaining about Daniel is an idiot. You know, they're just you know replay the Jay Fiedler five years. Re, re, replay the other clowns that we had in there. You know the the Cleo Lemons and the freaking Trent. Trent Greens and oh god, the list goes on the list and on. Goes on and on, right? Even you Chad Henning, you got put in that group. I mean, even Chad Henning. Chad Henning was terrible, and the 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 Dante Culpepper we looked at for three games. Oh god, you it, know? It's so true. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, you couldn't have said it better. Um, I mean, you know, anybody who thinks that this is the problem, you know, you're so off now. You you've he's proven now that he can lead this team, and he is the quarterback of this team. And any other problems you have. Uh, on this team needs to be addressed, but that's an area. If he stays healthy, I think you got yourself a quarterback there. I mean, you could just see in the play his long ball all year has been spot on. Uh, he's not making the mistakes he used to make when he has time. And the, I, I love the athletic ability. It's something that they don't utilize enough, and, it, and it's also something that is so underestimated and understated. When this guy takes off, he's as good as any quarterback 
on the run that there is, and that includes Cam Newton. Julio used to be a wide receiver. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you see, when he gets to that open field, he just was so content. Like, you can just see. You know, that he is so comfortable. You know, don't you love these announcers that have to say that every week about this wide receiver crap? I mean, the only reason the guy played wide receiver was because he wanted to get on the field. He was recruited as a quarterback. He was a backup quarterback. And he decided, hey, look, I could could be a wide receiver and I could play a year before I'm going to, you know, take starting position over. And that's what happened here. I mean, like, you know, now he's a wide receiver that became a quarterback. It's the other way around. He was a quarterback that became a wide receiver that became a quarterback again. And after five years now, I mean, yeah, you, you still it, like no one knows the real story, and it's like they keep rehashing. I mean, that's how myths get started. <laughs> you know? It's like yeah, so now it's a ridiculous. I mean, he's been playing quarterback yeah. for five years in the league now, and he hasn't gotten yeah. the credit that he deserves. Um, you know, he's certainly having a better year than Andrew Luck right now. I mean, uh, you know, this if this team can continue on, I think a lot of people are going to open their eyes to this kid and realize that you know what he can do if he's given the opportunity to do it. I mean, when he's getting pressured and slammed from every angle and not having a second to do anything, you know, he looks inept, and there's a reason why, as with any quarterback in the league. But, you know, the protection's been so much better now, and, you know, you can just see, you know, what he's able to do when he has more time. And, you know, it's exciting when you look at it from that perspective, you know. I think the whole offense is is, is definitely – you know, uh, playing on a different level right now. They've they've been doing things that we thought they would be able to do. Um, there's a lot of talent on that wide receiving crew. You you called out Devontae Parker last week. He kind of responded. Yeah, he had 106 yards yesterday. But the other guy who claimed he was the best receiver in the league, though, has been disappeared ever since he said that. Two weeks in a row now. You're yeah. talking about Jarvis Landry, I would assume. Yeah, I mean, what's <laughs> going on? Yeah, I think that, you know, the – the game that they're playing, well, I guess some teams are making, you know, a calculated effort to to maybe, you know, stop him a little bit. Well, I guess because he said he was the best receiver in football. I guess yeah, they have to pay attention to him a little bit more, right? Well, he is good. Let's, let's not go too far. He is very good. I mean, they can't be saying you're the best in the football. Come on now. Well, he's not the best in football. I know, so but that's what he said. You can't say that. He's a, he's a very good player, but you can't stop. I mean, I still He's got better little... than his friend. Oh, his friend is the best receiver in football, I think. Yeah, he's better than A.J. Green? I think he's definitely in the conversation, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think I think that he, you know, yeah, I don't see how you can say, you know, that he's outright not. I mean, uh, listen, A.J. Green is a phenomenal receiver. And if you told me he was the best in football, I'd say okay. But, you know, the point I'm making is that Beckham, A.J. Green, that's where the best receiver conversation takes place, is it not? I mean, those are the guys, right? And Antonio right. Brown, Beckham, AJ Green, right? And then I guess you go to Atlanta, right? And and uh, um, yeah, I don't think I don't think you, any of those are better than Julio Jones, and that, you know, it's still Fitzpatrick, still Fitzpatrick, you know. Well, you lost me. What? Fitzgerald, I mean, Fitzgerald, you know. Oh yeah, oh, I love Fitzgerald. He's a whole finger, and he's phenomenal. But you know, is he the best? But don't you think Julio right Jones is the best in the, in the game? No, no, no. Oh. I think I think Leo Jones is great. I think Fitzgerald is great. But if I want to pick somebody, you know, I'd probably go with one of those other three guys as the best. If I had to crown somebody right now, the best. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald. Obviously, he's you know in the upper echelon of his career right now. He's certainly you know one of the greats, and he's he's probably the greatest of you know of his time span. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I love him. 
I'd put him in the top five probably. I don't think I'm going to put him as the best receiver in football right now. Um, Julio Jones is certainly great. You know, he probably goes somewhere, you know, in my eyes, like three or four. Um, but, you know, either way, we're talking about apples and, you know, and apples, you know. I mean, they're, they're all great receivers. The bottom line is Jarvis Landry's not in that top five. I mean, no. that's what we're arguing no. about, you know. Um, but, you know, I think he is in the top ten. But, you know, that's something that you seem to think he's a little outside of that, and, and maybe he is. We'd have to go, you know, team by team and look through all the numbers and everything. And, you know, maybe he is a little out of that. Maybe he's just inside that. But, you know, the, the way he acts, it really gets to me sometimes. I mean, yeah, I he's been acting every... like a tool. There's no question about it. I mean, just the stuff after every catch, he acts like a jackass. He challenges the other bench. He's getting too many penalties. And then, like I said, the last two weeks, he really hasn't done a whole lot. The only play that I can remember him standing out in the San Diego game was like an eight-yard first down. And like you said, he challenged the bench and yeah. got all stupid about it. And, and he always got to, like, curl backwards and, like, lose five yards. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think that, listen, Beckham does that kind of nonsense, and, and, and he copies him. But the Beckham raises his game to an unbelievable level, and even Beckham doesn't really act like that like that. You know, he's got his moments, and I think he's even trying to – tone it down a little bit, you know. Um, so, you know, that's what I would have to say about that. And also on another note, and I've been saying this all year, put your differences aside with the guy. Kenny Stills is the only guy who consistently gets open deep. There's no question. Yeah, he's constantly open deep. Yeah, I know. This, this yeah. guy's special. But, you know, can I ask you a question? Why is it only once a game? I don't know. That's the thing I can't figure out. He does do it, but it just seems like you get one shot out of the game. Uh, yeah, either I, he catches it or he misses it, and then you don't see it again for two weeks. Right, right. But lately he's been catching it. And, yes. And when he does, it's almost like a game changer, you know? Well, he only, he almost, he only really dropped the opening week, right? I thought two. Wasn't there one other was one? Two? There was the opening week, which was really bad. Then there was one other one where he dropped. I don't remember what game it was. Yeah, I don't think that was as egregious, though. I don't think that was as long. Yeah, but, yeah. Opening, opening yeah. day was, you know, that was really, really bad. And that amplifies because of his stance on the Pledge of uh, on the National Anthem. And I understand yep. all that. But there was one other time he, he did, you know, have a drop on an open touchdown. But for the most part, I mean, the guy has been consistently a game-breaker. He's been putting daggers in teams, you know. And that's, that's special. If Devontae Parker can step up, you know, this is a really good receiving core. And now that we've got, you know, even Jones filling in on that tight end spot, what that does for me, I don't know what it does for you, but what that does for me is that tells me that if we ever get a legitimate tight end threat in there, that this offense can be really dangerous. I know. The problem is we've been looking for that legitimate tight end for 13 years. You know? Have we, though? Have we, though? Because it seems like we've been, like, half half-ass looking for Well, it. they swung and missed. They they could have had freaking uh, Graham, and they, they missed. You know, they waited too they long. Swing? Where did they swing? That's well, they didn't point. swing. They they just, they, yeah, they took a, they, they waited too long in the draft. Well, yeah, he was on you their radar. Been, yeah, I know. You, you've been saying that we've been trying yeah. to get well, the they, real they, they, they have drafted a lot that didn't pan out. They've drafted, but they haven't put it a priority. No. They drafted it like in later rounds. No, they never drafted. No, they never drafted the first three rounds. There's no question about it. And, and, and for me, the tight ends that we're looking for, that's where they would probably go. Yeah. You know, I don't think we're good enough to find these reaches. Yeah. yeah. That, you're right. There's going to be. Well, that's what I was like, when, the, when the Jets when the Jets re- released J- Jason Morrow, I figured give him a shot. You know. 
Yeah. Because they yeah. gave up on him too quickly, and we didn't even, like, put our feelers out for him, I don't think. Yeah, I, I didn't see them put any feelers out for him. You know, they made this trade and got Jones. Um, but, you know, I don't – and where did Jones come from, the Lions? Yeah, yep, he was released by the Lions. Yeah, um, they they went and they got him, and okay. But my, the point I guess that I'm making is I think if you put a priority on this position and you find yourself, you know, a real solid tight end to put into this offense – could be special, you know. It really could be special because Tannehill has shown that he he likes the tight end. He likes you know going to the tight end in certain spots, and and me and you both love the tight end. You oh, know? absolutely. So um, yeah, I think that uh, I think this is you know something that could work for sure. You know, um, and 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 now when you you know when you look at the offense as a whole, I think that is something that comes to mind. But we've been saying for a few weeks now. The one-two punch of the running game is really nice because Damian Williams with those touchdowns, the guy's got a knack for the big play in the end zone, and it, it just really accentuates. He made a hell of a catch yesterday, too. Oh, boy. That touchdown catch yeah. was great. Yeah, it was. I mean, when you, when you look at Jay Ajayi and Damian Williams, I think you have, like, a really nice um, uh, accentuating back. When you get you got a running back to make a catch like that, that's huge, you know? It is. It, it definitely is. You know, so there's some on the offensive line that obviously needs to be, you know, uh, uh, tightened up, I guess. Um, and, you know, and the receiving core, I think, is very close to being there, uh, you know, and, and we've talked about the tight ends and, and the running game. So, you know, the, the points are there on offense, and I think that, you know, we can come close to now saying, you know, we, we are, are in a position where we have – a system that's running, and now if you can add some parts to strengthen it, you may have what you know what we've been looking for for a long time. I guess is my point. Yeah, that would be nice, you know. But you know, I don't think we're getting a tight end. I don't think we're getting an upgrade for a long time. Well, I wouldn't say a long time. I mean, maybe you get one in the off season. You yeah. know, that's my point. You may not get it this year, but maybe in the off season. You know, I think if that's what well, they you said. Sims is a free agent. We're probably letting him go. You know, I don't know what the okay. story on Jones well, is. You know, well, you know Cameron's never okay. going to play with us again. Cameron's never playing with us again. Sims is okay. He's not the tight end I'm talking about. Jordan Cameron has been a disappointment, a concussion or not, since he's got here, you know. So, you know, I think that if you really want to make an upgrade there and you focus on that in the off season, I don't think it's that difficult to do. I think that you can do it. That's my point. All right, we'll take a quick break. We're going to uh, and we'll focus on the defense when we come back right after this. Hey, this is Dan Marino. You're listening to the Pacatella Show. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Legend Show, sponsored by Don Nottingham Associate Insurance. Don Nottingham formed Don Nottingham Associates Insurance while playing for the Miami Dolphins in 1975. Don recognized the need to prepare for life after football. For all your insurance needs, call 352-307-6736 or visit him at www.donnottinghamins.com. And now back to your Miami Dolphins legend show with your host, Pat Catello. 
and then it just it just seemed to dry up, almost like they weren't running the same plays anymore. Especially the tight end. I mean, Antonio Gates was on his way to a 300-yard game. I mean, he just seemed like he had our number. And, and you know, it was scary what we were doing to him. It, was, it reminded me of what – You see, after he dropped that one, the air went out of the cells. Then, yeah, then things had changed a little bit, right? That's what that seemed like to me as yeah. well. And so, uh, you know, with, with that being said, as that was, uh, you know, going on or whatever – um, you know, the Dolphins didn't seem like they had any answer for it. It was the kind of thing where I was waiting for um, basically the, the halftime to come, and it couldn't come quick enough, you know. And uh, and then in the second half, um, you know, they seemed like they were able to, um, I guess. You know, well, you know the, the pass rush was working very nicely, you know. Even when they weren't sacking them, they were still hitting them. And they're just like, you know, they're closing the pocket. He was getting rid of the ball a lot quicker than he wanted. To. They certainly were. And I think you hit upon what changed at the end of this because, okay, well, obviously we're going to get to Kiko Alonso, who had, I thought was having a very tough game. He, he was not playing well, and he wound up getting you know, the game-winning interception, which redeemed him and is all that matters. But the one thing that you can't take away is that pass rush and the second half of the game was getting stronger and stronger, and, and how how great is it to have somebody like Cameron Wake oh, on your team? I he mean, looks like the know. old Cameron Wake again. You know, he started off a little slow this year, the first three games, and, you know, he was coming off a crazy injury. You know, and he, he looks like he's 25 years old again. Yeah, I mean, you had said, you made a comment a couple of weeks ago, and you had said that, you know, he, you know, he, he's one of the best pass rushers. I think you maybe even said higher than that. He said he's one of the best you've ever seen. And, you know, maybe taken lightly, you know, people might say, okay, but, you know, listen, it's not coming from a man who's watched, you know, a casual amount of football. I mean, you are not only a football watcher, you're a historian. You know, you go all the way back, and, you know, and I, I want to know exactly where, you know, what you meant by that, where you put him in. But the bottom line is this guy is very, very special. Well, I think he's the second best one we ever had. You know, I think, you know, Jason Taylor's still above him, but, you know, he's definitely the second best one in Dolphin history. And, you know, I mean, you know, look, he hasn't had, you know, he, he had to go to the Canadian football league. He didn't start here until he was, you know, over 25 years old, right? But, you know. Yeah. I put him against game to game. I put him against anybody in history. I mean, give me one game and the way he plays, you know, he's unbelievable. You think he's a uh, he's a Hall of Famer? I think he could be. I don't know. I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know if his numbers are going to match. I mean, what has he got? Seventy, almost eighty sacks already, will, right? I think the numbers will. It's a matter of whether or not he can stay healthy now. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, he should be able to get it. He should be able to be close to 100. So, yeah, I mean, he's got a good chance. I think he's got 100 sacks. You're kind of in, no? I don't know. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. For the layman now, how many does Jason Taylor have, and what is the all-time record? Uh, you know. Give it around. I don't who has, the, who has the all-time record? Is it Reggie White? I, th- I think White still has it. I don't know if anybody's passed him. Okay, I'm gonna check on that. But t- talk to me, like as far as, as far as like. Uh, yeah, maybe Bruce Smith. You could be right. No, Bruce Smith had it, but I think Reggie White passed him. Or <laughs> he, he quit first. Bruce Smith was gone first. Um. No, for some reason I think Reggie White was. 
Um, so am I right? Does Bruce Smith have it still? I know Bruce Smith had it. It's between the two of them, right? Yeah, it's one of it's one of those two. I don't think it's anyone else. Yeah. What is it like? One hundred and thirty, the record. Okay, let's see. Oh wow! No, wow! Bruce Smith is the all-time sack leader with two hundred. Really? Yeah. Oh. Reggie Reggie White, one ninety-eight. I didn't realize it was that much. Kevin Green? Yeah, he's got a ton, too. 160. Wow. Now that's a heck of a drop-off. That is a big drop-off. And now, now... What's JT got? 120-something? Okay. Jason Taylor has 139 and a half. Okay. Um, let me give you some names. You tell me who is and who is not a Hall of Famer, because this, this is where this discussion could get pretty interesting, Okay. All right. Kevin Green, 160. Chris Bowman, Hall of Famer? Yes, right? Yep. 150 and a half. Michael Strahan, 141 and a half. Well, he's in already, yeah. Yes. Those guys are all Hall of Famers in the pop yep. pod, correct? Yep. Okay. Julius Peppers, 139 and a half. Does he go into the Hall of Fame? No, I don't know. That's borderline. I don't know. Well, Jason Taylor has the same amount. Yeah. Richard Dent, 137, he's in. Yep. John Randall, 137, he's in. But he's a tackle, isn't he? Yeah, that's right. Pretty, that's even more impressive. Yep. DeMarcus Ware, 136 and a half already. Wow. Jared Allen, 136. John Abraham, 133 and a half. G- Lawrence Taylor, 132. Yeah, I don't think Abraham's a Hall of Famer, though, do you? He's not. No, I definitely no. don't. That's why I'm surprised to see that many. That's the line of demarcation, is it not? To an extent, but it's not just that. I think you have to be a rounded player. Like Abraham was like, he disappeared a lot, you know? He wasn't that dominant force. No, I understand what you're saying, but here's my point. He's got 133 and a half, right? Right. If he doesn't go in, then that makes that the number where you're not an automatic guy in. So you have to, like you said, you have to do something else. So you right. have to be. Yeah, no, you got a point. Right? Leslie but, O'Neill, 132. Yeah, I think with, with Wake, though, the only thing he's got going for him, if he does have a shot, you know, if he gets over 100, they're going to look and see how long it took him to get to the league, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because there's a lot of guys. Like, look, look at all these guys. Um, Leslie O'Neill, 132. Ricky Jackson, 128. Derek Thomas is in at 126 and a half. He's a linebacker, so that's... Yes, yes, that's different. So we have to take that out. So it's Ricky Jackson, so we take that out, too. Yep. Dwight Freeney, 122. He might be a Hall of Famer, Dwight Freeney. Yeah, he got a shot. Simeon Rice, 122, not a Hall of Famer. No. Clyde Simmons, 121, not a Hall of Famer to my eyes. Robert Mathis, 120, and that's the top 20. Yeah. Now, how many did you say Wake has? Close to 80, I think. Okay. So it'll be interesting to see. But, you know, listen, we went on a little bit of a tangent. But the, the bottom line, even without the, you know, Hall of Fame numbers, I mean, he's he's one of, if not the top stack leader in the NFL. I mean, he's the top pass rushers in the NFL right now. Yep. You know, J.J. Watt's hurt, um, you know, but he's certainly in the top five, maybe three. And you may be making an argument, which you probably would, that he's one or two. Correct? Yeah. Yeah, I, I would think he's one or two right now, you know. Now, if you watch the end of that game, you've seen the relentless pressure that he was putting yeah. on Rivers each play, you know. It just like was like a, a well just kind of opened up. 
So let's start there. What do you see on the defensive line, and, and, and how do you see that? Is this the kind of thing where this is like a fourth quarter, second half defensive line where you're going to start seeing them pressure and pressure and pressure? You would hope to see that. I mean, you know, I, I still think Mario Williams isn't playing like he should. You know, I mean, Sue looks like to be he's clogging up the middle and he's playing a lot better than he was, you know. He's not, you know, you're not, you know, like I said, he's not putting a lot of stats up, not sacking a lot of guys, but I, I really think he's clogging the middle up on the run game, you know? Yeah, he, he's playing pretty well, Sue. I mean, he's yep. he's inside, like you said, and that's a position that, you know, you're not going to maybe see when you're playing well so much, but um, I think that you're right. You know, he's the kind of guy where, uh, you know, he's doing pretty well. He's playing much better than he had at times. He maybe even is even playing, you know, it's maybe even Pro Bowl status again, you know. I, I think it is. And so, you know, then you look at the other guys that are coming in now, and I guess that's where you say, you know, you would like some upgrades on that line still? I'm sorry, what did you say? You, you, you would like some upgrades on that line still? No, I think I think it's playing pretty well overall. You know, we got our Mitchell back. He seems to be, you know, back in the rotation. And I think the, the defensive line's playing pretty good. We still have issues, you know, in the secondary and linebackers. I mean, that's really our weakness. Now, I I like Mitchell. I like him much more than you. You know, I I think that he's he's done some decent things through the years. Um, you know, Andre Branch is a new guy there, you know, that's been getting a lot more playing time. Have you noticed that? Yeah, they're they're, they're in love with him. They think he's their future because everybody's aging and stuff, you know. I, I think he's Mario Williams' replacement next year, to tell you the truth. Do you like him? I, you know, I haven't really seen enough. I don't know. I think he could be good. He looks okay. I'm not, I'm not enamored, if that's what you're asking. Okay. Um, Jason Jones, I guess, is the other guy, Right. Right. Yeah, and he's been getting a lot of play time over Mario Williams too in the, in this mix or whatever. Right. I mean, are we at the point yet where unless he says he needs a blow, Cameron Wake shouldn't be out, or is this just going to be something that we're going to see this rotating musical chairs throughout? I know it's very questionable sometimes when he's not in there. It just seems stupid, you know. And I and I wonder is that them just say is it still the Achilles thing? Like, what are we looking at? I think they're babying him a little bit because of that, you know. Remember, we were laughing. They think it's, uh, you know, they're, uh, <laughs> they're resting him for something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, we could have um, we could have been talking a very different tune had this not ended like, you know, like it did. Um, so, obviously, that's going to change a little bit of the complexion here. But we've said before how much the um, the Dolphin linebackers are, are a problem for sure. Oh, they're know? a huge problem. Um, yeah. But, you know. Does your mindset on Kiku Alonso change at all? Well, because of one pick? No. no. It wasn't just a pick, but it was a. It wasn't just a pick. He actually decoyed. If you watch it a lot, he decoyed. Yeah, no, I know. He made a nice play on that, but, you know, and, he's always. And then I, mean, he, I, I saw him get beat three times yesterday horribly, where the guy deked him out like he was in the backfield. The, the running back made him look ridiculous. You know, so, you know. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna uh, put him into the Jason the Zach Thomas role at any time soon. You know. Well, is this a guy that you could see, you know, on the future of your team? No, I hope not. But we did yeah. a huge upgrade at middle linebacker. No, he's not the answer. And what about your outside linebackers then? Jake I don't like is... any of them. So that's your biggest problem there. That's where the change needs to be. You're talking about four interception game now too. 
doesn't mean anything to you. You just chalk no, that up. No, because I really think that Rivers was responsible for eighty-five percent of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't really, I didn't really see anybody go up and grab one. It seems like they just threw it right to the wrong guy, right? On some, I mean, like I said, I think the Kiku Alonso's was very nice. You know, because I think he really decoyed him on a on a blitz and then backed out of it and then kind of deked de- de- him and then cut and then obviously the uh, to get in the end zone was also pretty good. Um, and then you you had two. Am I correct with that? Yes, exactly. Yeah. You had two of them. One yep. of them was really nice. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think he did throw it up a, a little bit, but you you still see a lot of problems in that second. And isn't it ironic that your best defensive player or one of your top guys goes out and you go on a four game winning streak? I mean, how how, I know. Do, you, how do you explain that to me with, with Jones? You really can't. It's an anomaly, right? It's yeah, very it's, strange. Yeah, I think you'd be playing much better with him. I don't. I don't think it's. I think it's just a coincidence, you know what I mean? I think you're right. Like, I would imagine this game would be even that much deadlier yep. if he was in the lineup, right? Yep. I mean, it's great safety. Yeah, we're still, we're still uh, you know, a quarterback or two away, and we need, we need, yeah. really need three linebackers. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's not even funny. Yeah, no? I think you're right. I think that's where the openings are on this team. You're absolutely right. Oh, and, you know, I, 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 must, I listen, I'd be remiss to say, I think Byron Maxwell is playing pretty good football, bro. He's been playing pretty good. He's been playing better. He's still got his issues, though. He's got his issues, but he's been going up against the top receivers. I yeah. mean, he really, he, you know, he did a very good job, uh, you know, um, on uh, when we played Pittsburgh. He did a very good job on Brown. Um, he, you know, he, he's, he's been playing very well. I mean, when he goes. Yeah, know, we knocked Roethlisberger out of that game, though, too, remember? And Roethlisberger wasn't the same when he did the, come back. Well, well, that was the start of it. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm saying that. Yeah, so, like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, wait till we play somebody with a yeah. with a deadly guy, you know? Okay, but, you know, but I, I, well, wait, you're, you're kind of missing it because he kind of did. I mean, he, he did very well against the Buffalo game, and then he shut down Brandon Marshall, too. Yeah. He was on him. He's the guy that's been on all these receivers. So you got to give him a little bit of credit. I know you don't love him. But he's been stepping up his game. He's been playing much better. I think you got to give him that. I still want him gone. Or not. All right. <laughs> Let's take a quick break. We're coming back to look at the Rams game right after this. This is Don Shula. Happy to be on the Pat Catello Show. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Legend Show, sponsored by Don Nottingham Associate Insurance. Don Nottingham formed Don Nottingham Associates Insurance while playing for the Miami Dolphins in 1975. Don recognized the need to prepare for life after football. For all your insurance needs, call 352-307-6736 or visit him at www.donnottinghamins.com. And now back to your Miami Dolphins legend show with your host, Pat Catello.
Dolphins Legends show. Pat Catella joins alongside Rich Van Zant as we uh, recap the Miami Dolphins' fourth victory in a row as they beat the San Diego Chargers 31-24. to And we look ahead now as they continue their West Coast trip. It's a little bit of a weird schedule, Rich, in the sense that they're going to stay out there. They play the Rams, and then they're going to come back uh, for the 49ers, and then, uh, you know, they have uh, – the Ravens, like, after that. So, um, you know, it, it, it's going to be a lot of traveling, I guess, for for them to go out there, you know, and then to make the trip back. You think it's a good idea that they stay out there for the two weeks, correct? No. I, I couldn't hear you say it again. I said it's, it's, it would make no sense to, to come home and then go right back out there. You know, you have to when you have two weeks in a row, you have to stay out there. Yeah, do most teams do that? A lot of teams from the East Coast do. Yeah, you, you don't. You don't. Ha- this doesn't happen a lot. Where you have back to back. Right. Exactly. Right. You think that the team, the players, they, they like that being away from home for that long? Can that have a detrimental effect, or is it more of a? Focus? I don't think they care. They're living in a hotel, right? They're practicing every day. It's kind of a routine. It's almost like they're home, but they're not. You know. Well, not really. Not if you have kids, family, whatever, like that kind of thing, right? How many? How many have kids and family? I mean, some of them are married, but I mean, most of them are pretty young, though. No? We have a pretty young team. Yeah, I guess I think more than you think. I would say more than not. A lot of yeah. veterans on that team. I think more more than not have kids and a family. You know, um, but okay. So if you if you're going to do that, I guess it's more like a, it's kind of like training camp in a sense, right? Yeah, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. So then uh, you do this. Now you're playing the Rams, who are a strange team. The Rams are a, they're a dangerous team. They're weird. They could be really good or really bad. So did you hear the news? Yeah, yeah. Well, go ahead. Tell everybody. We're getting golf to start on uh, Sunday. Oh, that's not what I knew you were going to say. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yep. What do you think His of first that start. first off? Well, I don't think it's the greatest team to start them against or our pass rush, you know. They seem to be welcome to the party pretty quickly. Yeah, so you're happy with that. I yeah, I'm not, not upset about it. Not like I was afraid of the other guy either, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it's not like uh... – yeah, that's true. That, that, that's very true, you know. But yeah, like I'll we... take a rookie starting for the first time against our defense, you know. There's no problem with that. Yeah, now Fisher's got that team, you know, they, they're – up and down, I guess is the way you put it. They're they very started. inconsistent. They're not. They a, they're like not they a very good team. They have a pretty good defense, but they're, offensively, they're pretty inept. They they start off the season. They look like they couldn't win a game. Well, that first game that looked like one of the worst teams I ever saw play in my life, and then they ran off three in a row after that. So you know, go, go like figure. They were the season football. I know. And yeah. Now they're kind of settled off again. So um, yeah. yeah, I, I well, I they know. beat they beat the Jets yesterday, but the Jets are in disarray. Yeah, they are. They are, and we have a lot to do with that. And we sent them on their way. There's no question. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, but, I mean, even coming up here, though, you know, it's not an easy place to play. So, you, obviously, the Rams can can play football, you know, is my point. It's not a gimme. <laughs> the Rams always play well in the Battlelands, though. They've had some of their biggest yeah. wins in the Battlelands. Yeah, they do. You're right. Flip Anderson on down. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But where, you know, how much does playing in L.A. hurt, hurt you know, how tough is that? To play in LA right now, is that is that kind of? It's such a, a cavernous. It's not a loud stadium. It's very cavernous. You know what I mean? I, I, it. I don't know what their crowds have been like, but even if you do fill that place up, 
it's not a loud stadium whatsoever, you know? Is the hoopla kind of settled down? Well, it's the Rams. I don't think L.A. was ever, ever like, in love that they're getting the Rams back. I mean, think about it. They played in freaking Anaheim when they left, you know? So now you got the L.A. Rams. I mean, I, I don't really think that, like, you know, they were in St. Louis for so long, you lost a generation and a half of fans. So I don't know what the what the reaction is at all. I mean, I don't think this town's going crazy that they got the Rams. Right, because that's my point, you know. So, so it's not that big a deal. No, I don't think so. You know, they could. I mean, the last two times the Rams were in the Super Bowl, they were in St. Louis. You know, Kurt Warner never stepped foot in California. You know? Yeah, and it could be a lot different, I guess, when they get the new stadium. Yeah, I mean, that's going to help. And, you know, like I said, a couple of years down the road, people will start, you know, become fans. You know how it grows on people. But, like I said, I don't think they're going to – I don't think an L.A. team is going to be successful until they're good. Yeah. You know, that, now you're going to have the, the San Diego Chargers playing there too. And what do you think about that? Like, now, I was, was, they didn't even come close to what they needed to get the stadium. So – they're going to be moving, and I guess they're going to take that deal, and they're going to split, you know, L.A. with the Rams. Yeah, it was a shame. I mean, I wish San Diego was staying in San Diego. I don't like it, you know. I don't either. Now, what, what can you do? Like, what's the way to prevent this? Well, here's my theory, and I don't know how you feel about this, but this is what I would do, and I think it would stop a lot of problems. I would make the rule that if you move, you cannot take the name with you. It's as simple as that, like the Browns did. You want to move, you move, but you're not taking the football name with you. Yeah, I got you. But they were the L.A. Chargers before they were the San Diego Chargers. How are you going to say that? Not in the NFL they weren't, though. Yeah. You no, know, I got not, you. But, you know, look, about the- I, I don't, I'm a big proponent where I don't think the city should pay for these stadiums for these billionaire yeah, owners. I don't, I don't okay. have a problem with that. You know, I think they should give something, but they shouldn't have to pay for the whole damn thing, you know, for eight games Fair a year. Enough. I agree with so you. So I, I blame I blame the ownership too. Like you know, I said like they should get some they should get some subsidies. I think the NFL should help. See, I think the NFL should give the team the money too. I think they should pay a lot of it. They're the ones that benefit yeah. from it. There's no reason the NFL has to be worth like a, a you know uh, three hundred billion dollars either. You know, they can right, give some right. of the money back. You know, I do know. I think you're right. Instead I of paying think... Goodell forty five million a year, they could have gained the money to build a new stadium. You know. You could, you could find a commissioner who could do the same job for $2 million. You know, you could have saved 42 right there. Yeah. No, I, you're right. I, I agree with you. I just think that if you make the name, you know, a mainstay where it is, a lot of these teams have moved and now they're going back. So that would have solved all well, the problems. Think, uh, I, well, I think once San Diego's gone, you're not getting any expansion team there. I think that's it. Well, you know what? I could go through a lot of teams that you would have said the same thing. You know, yeah. It's an hour and a half away, though. It's not like you know. It's not like Houston moved to Nashville and got another team. You know what I mean? It's an Why hour and twenty minutes team. away, so you're not going to get another team to expand to San Diego after two teams are in LA. I don't see it. Well, there may not be two teams. Because you LA think they're going to expand? I don't think anybody's moving there. I don't see them expanding. Well, that's a shame. I mean, you may be right, but that has happened in the past, you know. It's not yeah, out know, of the but, realm. Yeah, but you expanded already. Where are you going to expand? You're not going to expand anymore. 32 teams, obviously, we, we've seen that that's too many as it is. No, but I could see teams like, 
a team moving and maybe going back there. Give me one team that's going to move. Jacksonville. Yeah, it's going to London. Well, I didn't say that. I'm just saying that's a team that potentially in the next five yeah, to I don't, ten I don't years see, I don't move. see the Jacksonville Jaguars moving to uh, San Diego. I'd be shocked with that. Well, it's not so much San Diego. I'm just saying there are teams that are going to be on the move. It's going to happen, you know. Um, that, that's my point. Like, I don't think you thought, you know, Houston moving to Tennessee and then having another team come back start there is ridiculous to me. It should have been the Oilers. You should have left and not the Oilers. Yeah. It should have still been the Oilers. I got yeah. you. Yeah, it I know. Have, yeah. You know, Cleveland, why, why do you have to go through that nonsense? Why, why do you have to go through that nonsense? And then you're back there anyway, and you get their stadium after he leaves. You make uh, Modell villainized, and then you build the stadium. Yeah, well, they built the stadium, they built the museum, they built everything for everybody else. They wouldn't give the Browns anything, you know? But then they did. But then, and then they, they did. did. Yeah, then they did, yes. They wait until it's too late, you know? Crazy, right? Yeah. No, I, I know I know, I know. know Vegas is, like, almost paying for the whole thing, but don't make that money back immediately, you know, the way that's going to be with the Raiders. Yeah, talk to me about that. I mean, you like it, obviously, but you're a closet Raider Well, it's, it's a no-brainer. They're going to put it right on the strip. I mean, you have – what do you have? Five million people go into that city every weekend. I mean, it's gonna, it's a, it's a, it's a, you can't lose with that. You know? Yeah, I mean, I think it opens up some cans of worms, but yeah, you're right in the sense that you know, I guess uh, you know it looks good, but I mean, I, I think there are some problems that could come with it. It's a touristy area, you know, so. Are you ever going to have that kind of like? Well, you get so many people from from the from the Los Angeles area and from California to go there every weekend anyway. So, first of all, I think you're going to be able to fill it up with people who live in Las Vegas. Then, then you're going to get the influx of people from California that want to go. Oh, oh, oh you know? wait a minute now. Okay, wait a minute. So, are you talking about the influx of Los Angeles Raider fans? Yeah, I think now, so. Los Angeles, so Los Angeles Raider fans who lost their team, okay, and now have. Two new teams coming to their area. Yeah, I think the, I think people from Los Angeles who were Raider fans when they were growing up in the '90s will go to Vegas before they will root for one of the teams that are going to be there. Yeah, because you're a Raider fan, you don't like the San Diego Chargers. Yeah, you don't. But I I, I don't know that this just that they're going to travel the. Uh, they travel there anyway. To a degree. How about Oakland? You, that's further. There, it's a lot easier. Oh, you mean people from Oakland go to Vegas? Yeah, is that a possibility? Or got, no? I don't think you could drive that. I think you got to fly there. I think but it's that's not far. a possibility then. Then, that, then that's done. Yeah. Then that's done. I mean, taking a, a trip once a year to watch them play. Is I not... think some of them will. I think some of the big money ones will. You know, although they'll make the pilgrimage. You know, but how uh, much are they going to do that though? They ain't doing that eight games. Uh, I met somebody in, in uh, L.A. that was traveling every week to go to Frisco. He had season tickets. He would do that every weekend. I, I, I thought it was insane. And he was actually going to move to San Jose when they moved. Wait, wait, wait where was he from? From L.A., like like right, right in, um, in, uh, not in Sino, but somewhere right around there, you know, the uh-huh. Sino-Tarzana area. And he and he commuted every year. He commuted from from that part of Los, Los, Los Angeles, okay, to Frisco, and when they were moving further away, he he was selling his house to move. It was actually 
<laughs> Jack Haley's grandson, the Tin Man. <laughs> really? So yeah. He was that diehard. Yeah. He ended up moving this to the where the new stadium was. Yeah. And had money, obviously. <laughs> yep. And uh, yeah, I mean, but uh, again, though, that's you know, that's that's not the norm. Well, I told you, I his mean. father married Liza Benelli. <laughs> is that insane? <laughs> Dorothy's daughter, the Tin Man, his son, got married. <laughs> Can I ask you a question? Do you think there's someone right now? There's someone right in Missouri now going, you got, you got the legend show on? Is that, what, are, what are you saying? I, it's all about the, the Liza Minnelli. <laughs> but you can't make that up, though, right? I mean, how insane is that, right? Rich is talking about the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> it's a strange life, my friend. <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt about it. There's nobody, nobody closer to it than me. <laughs> I get to witness it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how it all does play out. Um, you know, and uh, you know, it's so, going to be an attraction, dude. It's like having a. It's having an extra bonus in Vegas. I mean, people are going to go to this, you know. And I think you're going to get a lot of when you, when your team plays the Raiders, people will go there for sure. You know what I mean? That'll be the one they circle. You know, the road game that they want to travel to. That'll be it. Yeah, I mean, I'm still against it. I don't like, especially with teams like the Raiders. They, you know, listen, there's a for a kid from the '70s. You know, well, I, got I, I got you, dude. But it's 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 dumb deal, man. Yeah, you know? well, it might be a dumb you know, deal. Oakland's a dump. You know, that's what you're not thinking about. It, it's really, there's about really stuff. horrible area over there, you know? Listen, I'm a kid from the 70s. The, uh, the the Cowboys played the Steelers this week, and I got to be honest, there's a part of me that kind of lit up. I get excited about that because it reminds yeah. me of my youth and growing up in football. And the Raiders, like them or not, are part of my core. Yeah. And so, you know, to have them in Las Vegas, eh, you know, I'm not thrilled about it, but I, I understand comes with the territory. It is what it is. You know, that stadium is horrible. They were never yeah. getting a new one there, you know? The whole city is horrible, you know? Yeah. So that's really, you know, I'd rather have them there than San Antonio. Yeah, I guess. Send the Rams there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see what happens next week. That's our show for tonight. Let's see what you're going to talk Took a look down a westbound road Right away I made my choice Headed out to my big two-wheeler I was tired of my own boy Took a beat on the northern plains And just rolled that power on Twelve hours out of Mackinac City Stopped in a bar to have a brew Met a girl, we had a few drinks, and I told her what I decided to do. She looked out the window a long, long moment, and she looked into my eyes. She didn't have to say a thing. 